Hi, this is Lou. Before we get into the episode, a little heads up. The audio quality in this and the following episode is not great. We had some issues with our very first recording session, but we resolved them and what you hear right now will eventually become the quality standard. So we ask you to please forgive us our growing pains and we hope you'll enjoy the episode anyway. So now have fun with our very first episode. And welcome to Getting to Show You, a podcast where my friend Balz and I take turns introducing each other and you, the listeners, to media that we love. I'm Lou, and this episode, I have the pleasure of getting to show you the court jester. And since this is our first <laughs> episode, maybe we should just, just again, explain it a little more in depth, what, what this format is mm-hmm. going to look like. So this is our first episode, and we've decided that I get to do the first episode because we had a podcast before this podcast. I assume most of our listeners will know this, but maybe some people only mm-hmm. just found us through this podcast. So our previous podcast was called The Hair in the Whole Vibe, a Trent Grimm podcast, where we talked about one character from Ted Lasso for the entirety of season three as it was coming <laughs> out. And because Ted Lasso was a TV show that Baltier introduced me to, um, we said, well, now it's my turn to introduce Balt to something on a podcast that yes. I've chosen the court jester. And that is the format of the show. Every Currently in every episode, one of us will pick a movie and the other one will watch it for the first time. While the one who brought the movie is basically an expert just because they love it so much. <laughs> yeah well maybe not an expert but no (laughs) but a a real like it's this one person who loves it a lot and knows a lot about it already from years of loving it and the other person who's just seen it for the first time and not just movies but also um we we might watch like franchises tv shows uh we might go into albums books anything that one of us enjoys that the other one has never experienced yes and, yeah. you know, we you don't have to know the things we introduce each other to to listen to the episodes. But we hope that at least it makes you curious to check it out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we hope you get out of this podcast. Yeah, because there's going to be some real obscure stuff in here. I, I, I'm expecting if we're going to get yeah. into some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it might be a wild mix of stuff that's kind of already popular but maybe um we might see it with different eyes yeah <laughs> and um also stuff that probably nobody else has ever heard of <laughs> but we'll see how that turns out <laughs> it's gonna be a healthy mix we'll try not to like go with like really mainstream stuff partially because we feel like there a lot is already being talked about but also because we probably both have already seen it so mm. it's it's difficult finding something one of us hasn't seen yet although yeah not that difficult well there's there's some weird stuff that for example <laughs> i have never seen which um like everybody would expect that everybody has seen that but yeah i have some big gaps in my in my media knowledge apparently <laughs> same and i have a degree in it so um 
some it still works so yeah it's i mean the whole point of this podcast is just the joy of getting to show somebody something that they haven't seen yet that is mm -hmm. just you know this cartoon i wanted to look up the artist but i forgot um where it's like one person saying oh i've never heard of this before and the other person going oh my god I get to be the person that shows you this thing. Yeah, and it I really like changed people's minds about being condescending about someone not knowing something yet and rather being at, like overjoyed that they get to be the one to show them. So yeah. this is sort of what this podcast is going to be. The joy yes. of getting to show somebody something new. Yeah, and what joy! I, it is such a joy. I love like I love both positions of that. I love being in a room like or in a in a conversation with somebody who loves the thing very much and who is so excited to talk about all yes. the aspects to somebody who like you know like me uh, hasn't uh, seen or heard of it before. And I also love being the person who gets to show somebody uh, something yes. like that. I think both sides of that are. Yeah, such a joy. Exactly. And we noticed that, you know, with Telesso uh, back when uh, you were were part of introducing me to it. So we just want to do this all of the time. And we will. Yeah. And you will be part of it, dear listeners. Oh, yeah, I think that sufficiently explained the format. Yeah. So, yes, today we are doing The Court Jester, a movie from 1955, starring Danny Kaye and Basil Rathbone and many more. But before we talk about anything, what were you expecting when I told you that we're that I I'm picking the court jester? What were your expectations before going into the movie? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I think that's the first time in my life that I have heard of that movie. I don't think I ever heard about it before. <laughs> um, didn't know what it was. Um, the only thing I knew before I went in was like I I looked up. Um, uh, a stream for it and I saw that Angela Lansbury was in it and I saw a thumbnail of it so um, I had a like time frame I think there wasn't even a, a, a date on the movie like I didn't know when it came out oh. I just thought it looked kind of like 50-ish hmm. 60-ish uh, yeah so um, right in the middle there <laughs> Yeah, so that was the only thing I knew, and uh, I don't know, from the vibes of it, I guess I kind of expected, and that was that was wild when I watched it, because the only thing I like, thought I had was, um, oh, it, I get vibes like uh, Robin Hood, Men in uh -huh. Tights, yeah. <laughs> that was an association that I had for some reason, and I cannot tell you why, um, because like I the the thumbnail of it was uh, just uh, you know some guy and a woman in a fancy dress who was leaning against his chest and looking away and I was like yeah somehow this gives me Robin Hood vibes. <laughs> it but nailed it you know what? I guess I nailed it. I mean why did they even make Men in Tights when this movie exists? This is already Men in Tights. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's already yeah. the whole concept of parodying these movies just already mm -hmm. there and a musical as well. Why did they yeah. make? Oh, of course, they had to make Manatites. Carrie Elves is absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is also King. a good movie. Um, but yeah, I guess this one was first. Um, yeah, but that's the only like <laughs> thoughts I had going in. I didn't know anything. Didn't know it was a musical. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean, it really doesn't let you wait long to reveal that. Yeah, she starts yes. right out with singing. Like first thing that happens, guy mm -hmm. starts singing. Yeah, I think I'm gonna 
just go into quickly why I even picked the movie at all. Um, So the reason I picked it is because it is sort of a classic in my family. Like, I remember my mother showing it to me, being like, hey, you absolutely have to watch. And she did that with a lot of movies. Like, we have a lot of movies um, when I was growing up that were on TV. And mom was like, sit down, you have to watch this classic movie. And that was a big part in how I got into media, like, really passionately. Because I watched all of these old movies and I wanted to know more about them. Uh, But this movie stuck. Somehow, like we watched it like every year, like every Christmas, every Easter, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Every birthday, everyone who came into the family, like who visited, would have to watch the movie as well. <laughs> it was just sort of the family movie to the point where now we're <laughs> we're kind of sick of watching it because we've watched it so <laughs> much now. Uh, but it's just an absolute classic, and it's I don't know, it, it's so dear to my heart. This movie, I just love it so much. I think because you rightfully so. Yeah, it's. I mean, it really is. It still makes me laugh out loud. I rewatched it mm-hmm. for this episode, and I still laughed out loud. It, it's, yeah. it's still funny as hell. Well, I can try. Yeah. Doing a summary. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think the plot, um, starts with uh, the fact that some guy usurps a throne of somewhere. I'm not sure where. It's England. They and, said many um, times. There's a lot going on. Not That's sure. True. Not sure where. where That's true. It's where a very it? fictionalized England. <laughs> so yeah, he usurps the throne, but unfortunately, when he tries to kill the whole previous royal family, the baby prince uh, survives and gets taken away by some strange men who live in a commune in the forest. Um, <laughs> and um, so the usurper king finds out, and of course has to go and try to kill that baby. Um, and then some funny little man <laughs> who lives with uh, his his name is the Black Fox, right? Yeah, this Robin Hood kind of character. Um, in the forest, he um, and the captain, who is the coolest. <laughs> coolest female character i've ever met in a movie um she just gets introduced as the captain i think um uh is also part of this gang of people in the forest um those two go and take the baby to a safe place but of course it doesn't work out that way the baby ends up in the castle um they have to save the baby and also um the uh the guy who you know is the main character ends up trying to be a court jester at the same time as an assassin um, because several people confuse him for somebody else and then he also gets hypnotized because apparently magic is also (laughs) part of this movie um, to uh, hypnotize to seduce the princess who is Angela Lansbury Um, (laughs) and uh, yeah to assassinate these people but he doesn't do it somebody else does it the witch does it uh, <laughs> people won't understand what this is like this was a great summer. idea this is amazing <laughs> um yeah but i guess in the end everything turns out well except for these three people who get assassinated they die anyway but they were bad people <laughs> they were bad people yeah and um the true king yeah. is restored to the yeah, throne the- yeah, everybody. The, the baby has a, a birthmark on on his butt. <laughs> the the 
purple pimpernel is a bat. Very thin and, veiled reference there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, once everybody sees uh, the purple pimpernel on the baby's butt, <laughs> they bow down to the real king, and the the usurper king gets, I don't know, in prison. Stays there. I think the movie ends before anything happens. Okay, well, but that bad guy, you know, the the right hand man of the usurper king, gets yeeted into the ocean. That was that's that was true, a great bit. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a recap. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and the so, big musical number. It's it's amazing. So, have you ever seen a Daddy K movie before? I don't think I have. No. Oh. I love that. I mean, I, this was my first NEK movie as well, obviously, because I was young, but um, and had not seen that many movies in my life yet. But mm-hmm. I just absolutely love this man's type of comedy. And that was also why I wanted to show it to you, because I knew you would appreciate yeah. watching mm-hmm. a silly little guy who's very handsome do what he does in this movie. Yeah. Okay, hold, I, hold on. I have written, like, before I watched it, I wrote down my assumption or expectation. And I wrote down my assumption is that it's going to have a funny little guy who is so queer and autistic coded. <laughs> you nailed it. And I think, I think that's that's pretty much it. Was that from based on what you knew about the movie or just based on what you knew about me? I'm yeah, it, it was mostly, like, I, I was thinking about, oh, it's called The Court Jester and it's one of your favorite <laughs> movies, huh? What's it gonna be about? Yeah, probably that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Nailed it. So, an- another very, very famous person in this movie, you mentioned Angela Lansbury already, before her career was, like, as exploding as it was um, and she became, like, a household name. She was still very young in this movie. It's so wild to watch now when all you know mm-hmm. her from is like Murder She Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> She's just young yeah. and like really bit like a real young bitchy princess in this movie. It's very oh, a very amazing. funny role. She's amazing yeah, yeah. in it. And there's also Basil Rathbone as um the king's right hand man. And Basil mm-hmm. Rathbone is just absolutely incredible. I love that man. He's like one of the big five, was it called the big five? of horror or something like that uh, with Vincent Price and all of like there's just these very imposing actors who are very well trained and who have like really iconic looks and roles he's most famous I think still for Sherlock Holmes but he was very often Mm -hmm. the villain in you know old swashbuckler movies including Zorro and actually the fight at the end with the court jester is like a major Zorro reference like they they do almost mm-hmm. an exact recreation of one bit from that fight in that movie where he also played the villain. So this movie is just just teeming with incredible references. They got the same guy, the same guy to play the villain. It's amazing. That's so cool. He's an actual real life sword fighter too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I think that makes sense because that like that fighting scene is impressive. Yep, that guy can fight. And, yeah. And the vibes I also got from that uh, was, of course, uh, the Princess Bride. Yeah, I, I I felt like watching that. It's been a while since I've seen the Princess Bride, but it feels like it might have been inspired by. I'm starting to movie. think that Carrie Elves may just wanted to be <laughs> the new generation's Danny Kay, and that's why he made the mm-hmm. movies he made: The Princess Bride, Court Jester. Benetides also just the court jester. I think I think yeah. that Carrie Elf just wanted to do the court jester, but they didn't let him make yeah. a remake. So he just did all of the movies that if you cut them together right, you get the court jester. 
that's a compelling concept. Maybe sh somebody should try that. <laughs> yeah, because the comedy is very similar. Like, um, the mm -hmm. it is such a great mixture of of slapstick and uh, referential humor, like um, and that and such great wordplay. That mm -hmm. blew my mind the most. I think yeah. I, I I watched that like I watched one scene several times because it was just so fun and the the like it was such a great rhythm and people playing back uh back and forth and then also the one at the end with the chalice and the palace the iconic <laughs> scene. I it mean that so I believe terrible. that that is the re like my mother was reminded by something of that like a character somewhere quoted that movie like that scene the the mm -hmm. the um shadows from the palace and my mom was like oh i have to show you a movie right now <laughs> mm -hmm. you have to see this movie that this is from and it really is the the wordplay is incredible and so funny and so quotable you could just quote mm -hmm. this whole movie to a friend who also knows the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i couldn't because i and the first time i watched it so much was going yeah. on that i apparently yeah. didn't even remember where it was set <laughs> i mean one thing i really adore about the movie that i think is also a big reason why it still holds up so much it's not just because it's still funny but like you have these characters that are tropey but like mm -hmm. at the same time like they sweep they, they they switch the tropes so you have yeah. this leading guy danny k is a very good looking man so you expect like and they mislead you in the beginning to think oh he's the hero he's the mm -hmm. black fox he's the robin hood zorro type mm -hmm. but he's just the entertainer he's soft he's mm -hmm. sensitive and he's very good with babies and you have yeah. a woman the female lead who's very badass who's the captain she's mm -hmm. addressed as captain of this um mm -hmm. gang of uh the black uh, yes the black fox and she's not good with children and she's not very sensitive or soft-spoken to the mm -hmm. point where uh, Danny Kaye's character addresses her as sir mm -hmm. all the time because he cannot fathom that this is a woman, but mm -hmm. at the same time is in love with her. So the gender and sexuality <laughs> fuckery here is so delightful for me still yeah. today as a queer person that that is really a big reason why I still love watching the movie because it's just incredible what they did just mm -hmm. by being like hey these tropes from those movies are silly like the damsel in distress and the mm -hmm. you know the swashbuckling hero let's switch him around and he's the idiot and she's mm -hmm. the hero and that worked so perfectly for even for today's audience with such yeah. high expectations for media that they consume absolutely yeah I, I think what i loved is also this like this moment where um what's what's the captain's name her name is Jean. Jean. Um, like the first time Jean gets out of her like warrior type clothes yeah. into a pretty dress because like they have to um look like normal people when they like uh try to get the baby to a safe place. She wears a beautiful dress um and looks very feminine. And uh, you know, you get this movie that that like movie trope um of the guy seeing the kind of nerdy girl or something like that uh, in pretty feminine clothing for the first time and you get that trope but it works and it's not 
somehow weird backhanded compliment because he's also obsessed with her already when she's yeah. in her in her more I guess masculine uh, clothing and stuff like that. So I just also love the way that he says things. Like he doesn't mm. say like the, the the way he talks to her and at this point is like why well, I I I'm not used to seeing you as a woman, sir. Like mm-hmm. you you look so different like this, and he really struggles like getting these two images of this person to harmonize in his head and it's just it it goes so far that like when they're alone in this hut where they have to hide out for the night and they kiss for the first time and everything he literally says to her when she reveals that the reason she's the way she is is because her father wanted her to be a boy like he raised her to be a boy he says well you would have made a great girl and he kisses her as if to say well, you might not be a girl, but whatever. Yeah. You, you would have made a great one because you look really good when you dress up as one. Like, uh-huh. that is such a wild way they approach gender here. That just yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, I get, I get, I don't know, I, I something like Mulan or Twelfth Night vibes from it, where yeah, the, exactly. the lead guy is very much into, you know, um, the the kind of, gender uh, ambiguous girlish character I guess and uh, where depending on how you do it it's almost always very bisexual and this guy as well he has just immense bisexual energy and that's also something I wrote down as an Mm. expectation Mm. um, that the male actors like I I wrote down like maybe there's a love triangle of two men both into the same woman but the male actress bisexual vibes make it seem more polyamorous than bi for bi (laughs) and I guess it's it's kind of a love triangle but not (laughs) what I expected yeah it's a magic love triangle but I think it was very sweet that uh, the male and female lead get together so early on yeah and that it's very clear from the beginning that they both like respect and also like each other and it's not this whole weird back and forth banter um like that don't get me wrong I love that but I think it's also very nice to have this like that part of the story like clear right away that you mm. know they're into each other and now you can focus on other stuff <laughs> like saving this this royal baby and also I, getting into wild magic shenanigans i mean it really is an incredible comedy of errors but i like yeah. that from the beginning you know who to root for yeah yes <laughs> like you're never like oh will he pick her or her no, that's never like the point of it you know that he's mm-hmm. in love with gene and that's sort of you hope that it goes well yes and that like the love triangle like I said it's not really a triangle in that way because he (laughs) is only into that other woman because he's forced by magic to her it's very funny and also that gives such freedom to interpret that princess because you don't have to make her likable yeah. you can really just make her sassy and bitchy and she's so amazing like this one bit uh, where like her father the usurper king wants to marry her off to some weird mm. guy to <laughs> save and so, like make his kingdom more safe or whatever and uh he tells her well um 
you will marry him if it pleases me and she goes back well if it pleases you so much you marry him. yeah <laughs> she gets was... some real killer lines i love her yeah that was very cool and i think what yeah. i find so funny because the first time you watch it you know like you know the tropes you know what's happening like ah the spoiled princess that doesn't want to do what her father tells mm -hmm. her and all of these things but i've watched this movie a lot of times now and you eventually come to realize that the you have the royal family that was recently slaughtered and the only survivor mm -hmm. is this baby which means that this usurper king couldn't have been on the throne more than maybe a couple of months yeah. so everyone in this castle behaves as if this is the norm like this is the king mm -hmm. this is the princess and they have their rooms and she has this attitude that you expect but mm -hmm. they've only been in this life for a few months and that is just really funny to me to imagine how they so quickly established these roles <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't matter for this movie it's like well it's the tropes but when you really think about mm -hmm. it like this woman became princess like a couple of months ago and she immediately committed to the bed <laughs> yeah yeah i love that for her um like this whole court is such a funny situation because <laughs> you immediately have these you know um these these men uh, who give the king advice and of course they're all kind of evil and sneaky and have their own agendas yeah. and of course there's one who's the evilest one who wants all the others out of the way and wants to you know <laughs> kill them yeah I I, I I love the tropes in this movie so much and what they do with them because sometimes they just really commit to them and sometimes they break with them in such great ways like you mentioned yeah. before that uh, that uh, scene um, where they are in this, I don't know, hut in the forest mm. on the way to the castle. And um, like the whole gender and sexuality mm -hmm. of it is such like they have such great moments in that scene because um, they ha still have the baby at that point. So he sings the baby to sleep and you know just uh, rocks the prince in his arms and she stands there and watches him and that like the tr like the trope of this this person watching this other person bring a baby to sleep that it's such a role re reversal mm -hmm. and it's so nicely done the way like she watches him be very soft and and sweet with that baby I love that so much. That was such a good scene. Like, I really love that this movie is from 55 and they already made, like, they already switched these tropes around that actually, mm -hmm. like, lived long after this movie as well. Like, these tropes are mm -hmm. still very much alive and used, but they yeah. already, like, switched them around and were like, hey, let's imagine what it might look like if the man is the caretaker and the woman is mm -hmm. the fighter. And it works out so well because the movie never ends with, like, well, actually, it would be much better for the woman uh, to be the caretaker with the yeah. baby. They never do that. Like, they poke fun at the trope by switching it around, but without yeah. being, like, well, you know, it's more natural that way. They make fun of it because it's silly to push people in these mm -hmm. roles and they actually make a whole point of how everyone has the role they are best at and his mm -hmm. role is taking care of the baby entertaining the people her role is whatever she does as a captain fighting you know all mm -hmm. of the and planning and scheming and all of these yeah. things and the movie doesn't end with like saying hey let's be real this would never work out the joke is that this would never make sense and the movie just ends with no judgment mm -hmm. on these people for the way they are 
Yeah, yeah, I really love the ending because at the beginning you hear um, him complain about how he is the one who has to look after the baby and how maybe that should be a woman's job. Um, and there's like, they address it, but mm -hmm. the, the ending of it is not that everything is set right again because, uh, you know, in the end, the woman holds the baby or something like that. No, in the end, he just learns that this is his role and he likes it and he's good at it. Yeah. Uh, and that's such a, it's such a bold move from a movie of that time. Yeah. I mean, that is, the, I, mean, it, I don't know, it's just incredible how they did like that they did it and it's done in a way that it's still incredibly relevant and watchable today it's not like mm -hmm. weird they didn't do it in a weird like uncomfortable way like yeah oh maybe they shouldn't have gone for that one no they just did it perfectly the way you would do it today mm -hmm. in fact better than you would do it today i would even yeah guess <laughs> i think many movies today try so hard to do it right instead of doing it in a way that makes sense yeah and that's not the way to go I think they, like these like these people really just wanted to see where that took them if they changed around the tropes and it works very well and like you have this whole thing where Jean like dresses up as a proper woman so to speak like uh, uh, pretends to be like a normal girl like from the country and not uh, an actual mm -hmm. fighter and she spends the whole movie in these dresses and everything and looking very mm -hmm. beautiful but it the movie actually kind of heavily implies that that's a bad thing because yeah. it immediately means their plan fails because she's perceived as a beautiful woman immediately mm -hmm. she gets brought to the castle with the baby because uh, the king wants all the beautiful women rounded yeah. up in the castle for the party and also like the king hitting on her and, and like everything is like framed as incredibly creepy and bad mm -hmm. so sort of this whole concept of her not being who uh, she is in the beginning of the movie, you know, with her pants and her bow and arrow, mm -hmm. it really suggests that that's bad, that people should probably do what they're, you know, good at, what they enjoy, what they're mm -hmm. best at, and not pretend to be something else because that leads to problems. In this case, this yeah. incredible comedy of errors that they find themselves in. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I think the only thing that I would have loved to see, like, Take, taking that to the next step is um, the in the end where um, Hawkins has to fight what's the evil guy's name? He has a very villainous sounding name. I forgot. Um, uh, Lord Ravenhurst. Yeah, oh, that's such a great villain name. So yeah, when, when Hawkins has to fight uh, Lord Ravenhurst um, <laughs> he, it kind of works out because he has been hypnotized uh, by the evil witch to be a uh, good at sword fighting I guess um, but uh, I would have loved to see Gene fight in his place um, and do this whole duel um, no. in his place that would have been very cool but like, she wasn't useless she was the damsel in distress yeah. in the situation she was going around like uh, making a plan getting all of these soldiers thrown into the sea mm -hmm. and everything like that woman was being busy she was yeah <laughs> she was fighting her own fight there just getting everything right and in a way yes. that makes sense like he has this one mm -hmm. guy he has to fight who's i mean he who 
who isn't a threat anymore once the king is off the throne anyway. But he's mm. fighting him anyway this whole time. And meanwhile, this woman is out here organizing this whole thing to, to get all yeah. the soldiers gone and get everything, uh, get the baby again and everything. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. In the background, this woman is doing her job very well and he's like trying really, really hard to fight one single guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely, yeah, it works out in the end. That's absolutely true. It is just the funniest movie. It's it's just so full of incredible jokes that still that are still funny today because they're just silly and not like hurtful or anything. They're just mm-hmm. silly jokes, and like the, the it 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 has no genuine real big bearing on the plot. But when his suit gets magnetized, it's so funny <laughs> when yeah. everything just sticks to it. And like it it's such a silly stupid joke but it makes me laugh every time mm-hmm. and it's these little jokes that work so well or yeah. when Jean tries to get out of the king's uh, advance uh, like trying to make advances on her mm-hmm. and she tells him this horrible story of her family all falling ill and everything and uh, how you know oh don't worry it's it, it, it's not catching allegedly and he's like yeah. oh, wait oh what what was that disease <laughs> called again and she's like oh yeah. it's it's a Breckenridge whatever uh, and he's like who's who's Breckenridge and she's like that's my father and it's such a funny <laughs> joke yeah <laughs> I don't know it's just every time this movie cracks me up with these silly little jokes that they throw in like every line is just perfectly constructed in this movie mm-hmm. yeah the humor feels very timeless because like yeah. for, for one that wordplay it just it's still funny yeah. you know the the high speed of them throwing back and forth words that sound similar but mean something different and that's so good like that works every time they have three or four scenes like that and every time it cracked me up um yeah, and then then he is incredible also just yeah. in general as a comedy actor at exactly this and it's mm-hmm. a delight watching this man do his thing Mm-hmm. And and then also like the the slapstick um, is on yeah. point. Um, all the humor <laughs> that relies on the tropes, and also I I said that um in the beginning that this movie is very self-referential or very like um genre savvy or genre aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to me, as somebody who uh, like I wrote my bachelor's thesis on self-referential musical this is kind of it like the first number uh, like especially where they talk about yeah we did our research um, and (laughs) uh, we like we try to make it authentic Uh, well you see um, what you expect to see Um, it's so good I love that like I love how many layers there are to this opening number where during the credits Danny K just kind of sings to us as a court jester because Mm -hmm. it both tells you exactly everything you need to know about the movie but also it's like Back in the day, in medieval times, court jesters literally did do that. They literally mm-hmm. would tell you this, like what you have, like what you're expecting, and you know how well, like who did it, and all of these things. It's mm-hmm. such <laughs> so many layers. Like they did do their research. It's literally what mm-hmm. court jesters did at the beginning of performances. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just funny <laughs> the way they did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I think one of the best comedy scenes of that movie is also the knighting ceremony 
God, yeah. He gets pushed with the choreography. And also, I think, I'm, I'm not sure, like, what uh, techniques they use for that, like, for, for, for the filming of it and for the editing of it, because you see there's something, like, they did something with the material. I think they, they made it go faster and made it go back, like, yeah. forward, backwards. That is something I also love in this movie, that because you see how people, you know, discovered editing techniques yeah. and used them. And that there's also the it's the same thing also with the puppets that they throw into the sea that are supposed to be the soldiers. Mm-hmm. They're very obvious, but like cut just right so that it feels like half well, we didn't really have any other options, and mm-hmm. half it's part of the joke. Like yeah. we couldn't have done it any better anyway, and now it's just part of the joke. And yeah. that that scene felt the same way. Like you can tell this is like played in reverse and sped up, but also yeah, that's kind of what makes it fun that you can tell yeah, yeah absolutely it, it looks funny it creates such a comical effect on top of what's already going on <laughs> what's already so fun like the choreography of that ceremony is nuts it's just like a bunch of soldiers going I'm... back and forth in a, in a pattern that's absolutely unrecognizable I, I to looked, anybody i looked this up before i would have to look it up again mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that these soldiers and this choreography is a real thing like these are real military men dressed up for the movie doing okay, a real performance incredible. because i guess he couldn't teach anyone any any like they were like well this is good enough we'll just put them in funny costumes and let them do their thing i think wow. i think that's what's happening here Okay, like this is a real thing, real military thing, I think, or at least part of it. At least, definitely the people. Mm -hmm. They are real military people. I love that, and that also uh, creates such a great soundscape for that scene because, like, you (laughs) you just hear the soldiers' footsteps all the time, and it's such a great rhythm, and it just speeds up more and more, and it gets more and more insane. I love that. It's great. It's so funny. And the way they lift him and the way that they then put him in these pants that are a very low rise to like emphasize <laughs> yeah. how disheveled he's getting. And it's just so mm-hmm. and just to emphasize the way he walks and everything. Like it's every little detail works out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny. Yeah, I, th- I think all of that uh, put together is why that movie holds up so well, because like the humor is so timeless and so well constructed and the whole script is is well written yeah it's 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 a great movie i had such a good time i'm so glad i really hope that it would and it's like also definitely a movie with like rewatch potential because now that i know these characters <laughs> and know to expect because there's a couple of good plot twists in there like, yeah when you don't know in the beginning, when you go into it and you don't know that uh, there's magic and like actual magic involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm mean, very used to it in this movie. But yeah, the first time is probably like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That, that worked? <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. And also like the, the plot twist in the beginning that you mentioned that where uh, like the, the first number that we see um, in the forest this uh you know our main character hawkins um thing about singing about how he's the black fox and how he's so amazing at transformation and blah 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 and then at the end of that the black fox shows up and is like hey get out of my clothes (laughs) i told you to not like to not keep doing that um that it's uh that that was so great um and like i want i want to watch it again knowing all of that already and seeing how it still functions 
Yeah. It's just, it's so rewatchable. I, like I said, after all these years, I still laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Still funny. Also makes me very happy that I'm, I guess, now uh, part of this family tradition of uh, yeah, getting, like obviously. Everyone's yeah. gotta. Yeah, that's very cool. I like that. Yeah, also, the, like, the costume design in the movie is pretty great. Yeah. Like, uh, that also works well with the tropes and, like, getting across who is, like, who in this whole scenario mm. of tropey characters. Um, and just very well crafted. I think that's something I notice in movies uh, these days a lot, that some of them just don't seem that well put together and you really notice that people don't have the time or the money anymore to do it that well yeah i i believe this movie was the most expensive comedy movie up till like that was made up until 1955 like at the time Mm -hmm. it was the most expensive comedy movie ever made and you can tell that a lot of money was put into this Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's it's set up so like if you hadn't is like started this movie with a musical number already that's so funny and self-referential um the scene that you get in the courtroom with the usurper king and you know all his men uh, trying to give him advice and him trying to marry off his daughter that's like that feels such a like such a it has such a period drama kind of vibe feels very serious and, i mean uh, I, by by 1955 standards they really made a proper period piece mm-hmm. and but they also made it a comedy and that's why it was so expensive yeah. because they were like well it's it has to look like it's serious because it's making fun of these movies and it has to actually look like them the joke mm-hmm. isn't that it's cheaper than them the joke is you know making fun of all these tropes and mm-hmm. it works out very well because yeah it it really it does come across perfectly mm, yeah it's great i have this one quote um that i wrote down because i loved it so much but i don't know uh where it came in the movie i'm not sure if, if we want to like put that anywhere in the podcast but i just want to read it again because i thought it was so funny um we, when he said um it's a deep dark secret which has never before been revealed to anybody in the world and i'm ready to make a statement I think that's when he when he does his court jester routine in front of the king. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that's when he does the song about how he used to be um a depressed, sad little boy and then was foretold to become a court oh, yeah. jester. Yes. Which is yeah. incredible. It's just such a funny such a also, funny musical like, number. Yeah, that and the the fact that he like he's called the gayest man or something like that the gayest <laughs> entertainer yeah. i felt there was some uh I, I there was it was very easy for me to read some subtext into it oh yeah and the fact that they didn't even need to create a proper um love triangle to give this man bisexual energy i applaud that also like like I said before, the Twelfth Night or the Mulan of it, mm. that you have one character who is kind of ambiguous in their gender. That's all you need, pretty much, to create a perfect yeah. bisexual uh, character I mean, and also trans codes. The, the movie was really close to doing one of those storylines, I think, where, you know, the mm-hmm. woman is 
like uh, like dresses up as the guy like they were i think very mm-hmm. close to doing that but yeah you know they probably wrote several versions and i bet that was part of it because that's such a classic trope as well like the woman who dresses mm-hmm. up as a man to get to get in and stuff yeah. like that like, I, I think they were thinking about it probably yeah see that's that's why i said i kind of expected or hoped for a scene where uh gene would fight in the duel like you know putting a helmet and a whole uh, thing on so yeah. that nobody would recognize it's her and not him. Been cool, I yeah. was kind of waiting for that. But like I said, I'm also very like happy with the way they ended up doing it because that's also very good and very funny. I love the the jewel scene. It's so well done. <laughs> like as somebody who very briefly did some fencing i always enjoy a good fencing scene and that is so cool yeah i mean it really is i think we we, this was very fun i'm I'm very happy that i got to show you this very important movie Mm -hmm. and i'm very glad that you enjoyed it and do you have any sort of final verdicts on this movie any any final thoughts you have yeah I, I I mean to to summarize it, I think my expectations were met pretty perfectly. Um, we we did get uh, this funny little guy who's incredibly queer coded in some way, um, not that autistic coded. I'll I'll have to think about that one again. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I didn't expect it to be a musical. I think that was what I was most excited about to to realize <laughs> it's a musical. I, I think one expectation I had once I started getting into it was um, that there would come a point where either the princess or um, her mate, who then turned out to be a real actual witch, um, that one of them would be the character who is in with the black fox because they're kind of like, you know, not telling in the beginning who it is. Mm. Um and I thought, oh, well, maybe it's somebody who is actually really close uh, to the king and who would get in trouble. And I was really hoping for, I don't know, something between Jean and the Princess Gwendolyn. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wouldn't happen, but I thought, well, maybe there's got to be some scenes between these two women that I could ship them. Um, but uh, that's not where they went. I think that, like, that would have been a trope that they could also have, you know, played with. Um, it really is funny that this movie never ties, like, never gives us a proper ending for Gwendolyn's story. Mm-hmm. Just kind of ends, and she's standing there, like, just, like, seconds before she she once again threatened her witch maid, whatever, um, with <laughs> death if something happens yeah. to the man she loves, who is Hawkins. And mm-hmm. then the movie ends with this happy ending. Hawkins and Gina are together. The king is restored. She's no longer princess. Mm-hmm. And we just never really get to find out what she thinks about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's very open-ended. It's very a very cheesy musical number. Yeah. And that's pretty, uh, pretty much it. And I... I adore that, but yeah, it kind of leaves that part of the story unfinished because she, like, she is so unhinged. She threatens <laughs> her maid several times that she's gonna kill her. Um, she also threatens to throw herself um out of the window um, yeah. if she has to marry that guy. Um, she is absolutely um yeah unhinged. I guess yeah. that's the best word to describe her. 
Um, and whatever happens with her next, I I'm sure it's gonna be wild. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much the only expectation that I had that didn't didn't get fulfilled. Um, and I don't think it like the movie suffers from it. That's just you know a, a route yeah. they didn't take, and they took some other ones, and they were also very cool. And I had a good time. Yeah. And I will watch it again, pretty sure. I'm glad. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, do you have any last words of information or or appreciation that you want to share about this movie? I mean, not really. I just hope that everyone watches The Court Jester because I think it is truly... It is one of the best comedies I can think of. And it is a classic. It's a cult classic. And so many movies took their inspiration from it. And... I I would love for everyone in the world to be able to enjoy it. Hmm. I I am curious, I guess, if this is like because like I said, I have never heard of that movie before. If it's a me problem or if it's just that it's less mm. popular here. I think it's less popular here, maybe, mm-hmm. because it is sort of I mean, it wasn't super successful when it was in theaters but it really really gained popularity over the years and mm-hmm. i mean men and tides obviously is like a huge reference to it and everything like it eventually became like a really popular comedy i think it's even in the um other the the national film registry mm-hmm. where pe- movies go uh, when they're very important for <laughs> uh... where movies go when they die <laughs> yeah where movies go because they're considered like genuinely influential mm-hmm. and important and yeah. um so it really is a very like sort of big classic but i think mm-hmm. here it's probably just my mom who like genuinely <laughs> loved the movie so well, i never heard anyone we're... else talk about it so yeah. and everyone i've showed it to was like i've never heard of this before so mm-hmm. well then i feel very lucky that your mom is such a big fan yeah. and so that we get to enjoy this movie today hell yeah i am so glad mm-hmm. i also th- think um like in terms of what media was inspired by it i was also thinking while i watched it oh maybe gallivant um the tv show might have been inspired by this one as well i mean there's many like you said many other movies and stuff that were inspired by this one so maybe at this point it's now just a genre thing that you know a pool of uh, references that kind of feed into each other but uh, Gallivant has many different vibes um, to this, yeah. both in terms of wordplay and comedy. Um, also, some strange men living in a commune <laughs> in the forest, and it's kind of gay. Um, also, uh, yeah, I, I feel like um, it could have been from the from the same line of references, or maybe even inspired by this one directly. Oh, that's gonna be fun to find out. All right. So this is, I guess, the end of our first uh, episode for yes. this new podcast. Um, very exciting. We want to thank Mikono Salome on Tumblr for our new cover art. Um, that's very cool that she did another one for us. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. And if you want to talk to us, you can still reach us at crimcast at gmail.com or on Tumblr at gtsypodcast.tumblr.com. So that's gtsypodcast.tumblr.com.
yeah, what, what's our sign off? Um, Always remember the pellet with the poisons and the vessel with the vessel. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I think you should and, uh, do that. <laughs> challenge from the palace has to prove that it's true. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's good. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>